92 down, 273 to go. My name is Chris. This is at a theater near me, the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Today, I'm going to be talking about the movies, The Contractor and Barbarians. Also going to be going over the career of Chris Pine and giving a box office preview for the upcoming week and talk about the weekend that was. This episode is sponsored by Alex with Saints 413. Alex specializes in all aspects of the sports card industry from buying, selling, trading, grading, and even running box breaks. I'll talk a lot more about Alex and Saints 413 in the middle of the show, but a big thank you to him for sponsoring today's episode. So February was concessions month, March was budget month, and April is going to be 20 and 30. What that means is I'm going to try to see at least 20 different movie theaters in the 30 days of April. I'm hoping to get to 25. I think there's an outside shot I could do 30. It's going to depend on the variety of movies at different movie theaters. Um, The good news is I'll be in New Orleans and Mississippi for a week of this month. So that's going to help obviously diversify my theaters. And New Orleans especially has a pretty wide variety of different theaters to check out. So I know the first time I visit the same theater twice in a month, I'll feel terrible. So I'm going to really try to avoid that. Let's keep our fingers crossed for 30 in 30. But no matter what, I have to do 20 in 30. That's that's the oh, that's the bare minimum. As far as this episode is concerned, uh, the first theater I visited was the one closest to me. So maybe not the smartest play there. I went to see the contractor at the Regal Fox Run in Newington, New Hampshire. I, I've been to that one a bunch. And then I saw Barbarians at the... Patriot slash Nickelodeon cinema in Portland, Maine. That's the one I went to with Tim Riggles, where we saw the Velvet Queen, if you want to go back and listen to that episode. But obviously, as I visit new theaters this month, I'll make sure to go over those in greater detail. Okay, last weekend's box office report. I talked about this a couple episodes ago, that Morbius is the new number one. Uh, Broke $39 million opening weekend. Probably a disappointment for Sony, especially when Venom did almost double that. I imagine this is going to have a terrible drop-off uh, next week. In fact, next week, it has, I don't think, any chance of being number one. We have two movies coming out next week. We have Ambulance and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I'm pretty confident Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is going to be number one by a wide margin. Uh, Ambulance, as I mentioned, I think in the last episode, there's just not a lot of buzz around that movie. Um, and it sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog is going to be playing in a few hundred, if not a thousand more theaters than ambulances. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the first kids movie of any sort to come out in a long time. The original got a lot of play over the pandemic um, from young families and people seem generally excited about this. Plus that has Jim Carrey. So that gives it some legitimacy to some, um, to some parents. So Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I think is going to be number one easily. Morbius, the question now is, can Morbius even break $20 million in week two? I say no. I think there's a better chance that it gets under $15 million and breaks 20, but I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle there. If you put a gun to my head, I say 17 million, which is a pretty, pretty steep drop off. In second place is the Lost City. Uh, this stop, this did a pretty big drop off as well. Went down to 14.7 million. It broke 30 million in its first weekend. So I was hoping this would have a better week too. I thought this was a movie that might appeal to female audience and as well as might appeal to an older audience and typically females and older theater goers will see movies beyond that week one premiere. Week one typically is for younger male audiences, hence Morbius hitting $39 million. So I, I was oh, disappointed. I'm sure Paramount was as well to see that crack in at 14.7. Uh, but still, it's at $54 million in just two weeks. It's a movie not based on an IP. It's an original story. So all in all, even with that drop off, still a huge success. 
In third place is the Batman with $11 million. It's just at $350 million now. Um, just wild numbers. Uh, so the question is, does it hit $400 million? I think it will. Um, I, I think it will get there, but it, it, it probably won't crest much more than that. But still, $400 million is tremendous for Warner Brothers. In fourth place is Uncharted. This is a pretty big drop up here. I only did 3.6 million. And this is a movie I'm going to start considering seeing. I know I say those first three movies are in tier A. Obviously, I've already seen Batman. But in this tier B, Uncharted didn't even make 4 million. But having said that, it only dropped 26% from the week before. So it's still hanging around, even though it's in its seventh week. In fifth place is Jujutsu Kaisen. I talked about this movie the last episode. Uh, this continues to have a huge drop off, dropped 57% from last week. It had a huge drop off from the week before that. So this is just about run its course, but still hit $30 million for an anime film. Uh, that's, that's a huge success. In sixth place is RRR. This was the Indian movie um, that had a huge per theater average um, from last week. In fact, the per theater average was higher than the Lost Cities last week. Not the case this week. Everyone who wanted to see this movie must have come out and saw it that first week because it only brought in $1.6 million this week. Uh, but still, it's brought in $11 million in two weeks. That's, that's a big number. In seventh place is Spider-Man No Way Home. Still there. 16th week in release. Brought in $1.4 In eighth place is Dog. I talked about this in the last episode. It brought in $1.3 million. It hit the $60 million mark. In ninth place, this is, a, this is an interesting one. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I talked about this last week and how it had a huge per theater average. Uh, it, it still does. Uh, it expanded its reach, went from 10 theaters to 38 theaters. But it still brought in only 38 theaters. It brought in $1.07 million. Uh, that's an average of $28,000 per theater. Now, this is an A24 movie, so this is really interesting to me. As I mentioned before, no A24 movie has ever broken the $50 million mark. And yes, everything, everywhere has only made $1.8 million. But the fact that it's bringing in that much money per theater makes me think it might have a shot. Now, obviously, it's not going to keep that up. There's no way it's going to keep doing $28,000 per theater. It's not going to keep bringing in $10,000 per theater. Um, but if it can open decently once it goes wide, this could be interesting. My only concern is this seems like a movie that is built for film snobs and for non-casual moviegoers. I think if this expands to 3,000 theaters, I don't know if it's going to have the same impact. I hope I'm wrong, but that's one to keep an eye on. In 10th place is the other A24 movie, and that's X. X brought in a million dollars. It's up to 10 million. I think it's a pretty big disappointment. I talked about this a few weeks ago uh, when it opened. I thought this might be maybe the movie to hit that $50 million mark. Potentially, it was a horror porn combo, had a great trailer. I was hoping to catch that like that young adult, that horror crowd, uh, but it didn't seem to have much of an impact at all. In 11th place is Sing 2, $870,000. It's 15th week in, in release, though, and this just proves, I think, how big Sonic is going to be. Like, There's just nothing out there for families to go to. Even Encanto is basically out of theaters. It's only in 100 theaters, while Sing 2 is still in over 2,000 theaters. So this is literally the only option for people, for families to bring their kids to the theaters. And I think when Sonic 2 comes out, and then later on this month, uh, the bad guys come out, I think those movies are going to do really well. I think parents are really anxious to bring their kids back to the theaters. And the studios are, are, have been stupid. They haven't given any, any alternative for families to bring their kids to the theaters. There hasn't been anything out there. Like, why not throw out maybe a cartoon you don't have a lot of confidence in or, or just something, just give them some option. 
In 12th place is the contractor. I'll be talking about this one uh, very shortly. It brought in $560,000. Now, this is also streaming on Paramount Plus. Uh, I'm sure that did have some impact, but this was just dead on arrival. Only 489 theaters. I mean, this is a Chris Pine movie. Chris Pine is a borderline movie star. I think this is a wild disappointment. It seems like they had a lot of problems with, with this production. One of the production companies, I think, went bankrupt during this. Uh, but even so, I mean, that is an atrocious opening. And then some other notables. Uh, Infinite Storm is in 13th place, uh, only made less than $300,000. This is kind of a shame. That was a pretty decent movie. Uh, Naomi Watts gives a great performance. Two weeks in the theaters, only made $1.4 I guess there's just, there's just not an audience right now for the man or woman versus nature movies or whatever reason this just didn't click. I, I don't, I'm kind of surprised this didn't do a little better. I didn't expect it to do great, but I was hoping maybe $10 million and 1.4 is, is not good. Kind of in the same vein in 15th place is the outfit. Uh, it made 156,000. It's been three weeks in release. It's made $3 million. Like these movies that are built for older adults just aren't landing. Um, I guess there might still be a COVID fear out there with, with, with that demo. Unless you're Sandra Bullock, if you're 50 years or older and you're top lining a movie, it's not going to make $10 million. I guess the last movie I'll bring up is Barbarians. It made $7,000 and 41 screens. I did not like this movie. I'll get the review of it in a bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm not too upset to see that one failing. And like I said, you have Ambulance and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 opening this weekend. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is going to win the weekend by a mile. I think it has a really good chance of hitting $40 million. I, I think there's that much of an appetite for kids' movies. The first one opened up $58 million opening weekend. Now, that was pre-pandemic, so I don't think we'll see that, but... Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is going to open big. It's going to be number one, and Morbius is going to get the shit kicked out of it. Okay, before I go any further, do you have a collection of sports cards sitting in your basement collecting dust? Have you ever wondered what your binders full of baseball cards are worth? Are you a fan of sports cards or heard of the recent boom in the sports card industry? Now is the time to reach out to Alex with Saints 413 and cash in on your collection. Alex specializes in all aspects of the sports card industry, from buying, selling, trading, grading, and even running box breaks. Alex has been in the sports card industry for over 15 years and has bought and sold hundreds of thousands of dollars in sports cards. Since the start of the pandemic, the industry has taken off, so don't put it off any longer. Reach out to Alex to help you cash in. And if you are already on the sports card trading bandwagon, Alex runs multiple box breaks each week with the latest and best products through his eBay store at Saints413. He also has a YouTube channel at Saints413Breaks. For more information on how you can sell your cards for some side cash or get some help navigating through the sports card industry, reach out to Alex at Saints413Breaks at gmail.com. That's Saints413Breaks at gmail.com. Or check out that eBay store at Saints413. It's all one word, Saints413. He would love to hear from you. Okay, The Contractor. Um, this is a movie that probably belongs in 1992. Uh, it is a international action movie. Uh, has, a, has a borderline movie star in it. Has some exciting moments. Uh, shot on location. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's pretty forgettable. I think it kind of wastes a pretty potentially good bad guy here in Kiefer Sutherland. He's kind of, he's playing a slimy kind of guy. And I think he's so good at that. Uh, I could have definitely taken a few more scenes with him in it. One thing I really did like about this movie is it has Chris Pine in it and also has Ben Foster uh, and they play uh, army buddies and they have such a great chemistry. Of course, they played brothers in the fantastic Hell or High Water and 
they don't miss a step here. If the movie was just those two, um, like hanging out, having dinner, talking about the old military days, I could have watched that. And I think I probably would have enjoyed it more than this movie. I'm going to give this a C plus. It's a waste of everyone's talent and time. The director is Tariq Sela. It's his first English language movie that he's directed. It's He does a fine job. He's pretty good with the action sequences. Like this is a movie you throw on at one in the morning and you're not disappointed. Uh, this definitely is not a movie you go to the movie theaters and see. You have this on late night cable, uh, you could do a lot worse. Chris Pine is a is a very good actor. Maybe I'm I'm selling him too high here. You know, after Hell or High Water, I, I just really I really like this guy. I, I think he I think he should be having a bigger career. I, I don't quite know where it went wrong with him because I think he made some of the right moves. Um, obviously he's in Star Trek in 2009 and, that, and he blows up from there. And he's a very, I think he's a very good Captain Kirk. 2010, he does Unstoppable. That is the Tony Scott directed movie where it's him and Denzel Washington. Uh, and it's a runaway freight train. It's not particularly great, but Denzel and Chris Pine make it way better than it should be. Uh, and it actually is relatively entertaining. I think Quentin Tarantino said it's one of his like favorite movies of that decade. I think that's that's a crazy statement, but um, it, it's not bad. Uh, Chris Pine is very good in it. Two years later, he does a movie called This Means War with Reese Witherspoon and Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy and Chris Pine play two CIA agents um, who discover they are dating the same woman. Made, made a little bit of money. Uh, the critics seem to have hated it, so I don't know. The following year, he does another Star Trek movie. And then 2014, he does Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. And I think this is maybe where... It should have gotten bigger for him, potentially. I know people were just kind of Jack ryan out. Has a good supporting cast. Kira Knightley, Kevin Costner, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh also directed this. The critics didn't love it. The audiences kind of came out. It made a little bit of money, but um, by no means was that a success. He does Horrible Bosses 2, which is a mild success. Uh, he follows it up with Into the Woods. That's the, um, the Rob Marshall version with Meryl Streep in it. Critics liked that movie, didn't love it. Meryl Streep got a supporting actress nomination, but that, that kind of came and went. 2016 he, is a busy year for him. He does The Finest Hours, which is a Coast Guard movie, a Coast Guard rescue movie. It loses quite a bit of money. Uh, Hell or High Water comes out. Of course, that movie ends up getting nominated for Best Picture. Um, Jeff Bridges gets a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Chris Pine has never been nominated for an Oscar, but that's his most critically successful movie. And he also does the third Star Trek movie. And up to this point, it's been the last. There is talk that there is going to be a fourth one. Paramount is very eager to do it. Um, it sounds like they are working on a script or have a script. It, it, you get mixed messages on, on exactly how far along they are on that. But they very much want Chris Pine, Chris Pine to reprise his role. And in 2017, he does Wonder Woman, um, which is a movie the critics really liked it was a huge success from a box office perspective made a ton of money and people really liked him in it and i think it was a smart role for him to take where he, you know it's captain kirk so you know you can kind of have that kind of more backseat role it makes all the sense in the world and obviously he reprises that role in wonder woman 1984 which comes out a few years later it didn't do as well partly because of the pandemic issues but it also just wasn't received very well critically either other than that i mean there just isn't much here i mean he. He was in the movie A Wrinkle in Time. He had a small part in that. Uh, it's one of the biggest box office bombs in recent memory. Did a movie that cost a ton of money to make called Outlaw King. Uh, that one right to Netflix. He has the lead in Dungeons and Dragons. This is a movie that's going to be coming out next year. I have no idea how that will be received. Uh, since the pandemic doesn't seem to have been a big audience for medieval stuff. But I don't know if this is not the case. And maybe this is going to have more of a modern flair to it. It was 
co-written and co-directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Uh, they did the um, they wrote the second Spider-Man movie. They also directed Game Night. So they might have a it might be a funnier movie than you might think with Dungeons and Dragons, but I have no idea. And then, you know, this movie, The Contractor, like this is just, you know, this open, like I said, with half a million dollars. He has another Amazon Prime movie that's scheduled to come out this week, actually, uh, with Dandy Newton and Lawrence Fishburne. And then he has a, I think he has a small part in a, uh, a movie directed by Olivia Wilde that's going to come out at the end of the year. Is this what he is now? If he's going to star in a movie, it's going to go straight to streaming? Amazon Prime, like same day, day and date release? That's kind of disappointing. I don't know. Uh, maybe he'll have a good second act of his career where he can play more of those character roles. He doesn't seem to have a big ego with that stuff. He'll take smaller parts to work with certain directors, it seems like. Part of me thinks that he should have this much bigger career, but then again, he's part of two major franchises. So I don't know what exactly I'm expecting from him. I don't know. Uh, I'd like some Oscar nominations. I'd, I'd like to see him do more interesting stuff, certainly than The Contractor, which is a fine movie, but I, I think he's capable of doing a lot more. But maybe he's not, and maybe I'm just expecting too much. I don't know. Um, but up to this point, I would say Chris Pine, while at times having a successful box office career, has really underwhelmed from a critical standpoint. And quickly on the other movie I saw, Barbarians. Um, this is a British, I guess, horror film. Um, it's, but most of it's like an awkward social comedy. It has it, most of the story takes place around two different couples uh, having dinner together. Um, one couple is about to buy the house they're renting from the other couple, and they're all kind of assholes to each other, especially the two guys. No one in this movie is very likable. And then when something tragic and horrible happens with about a half hour left in the movie, you don't really care about them. You don't really care if they live or die. You just kind of just along for the ride at that point and just kind of watching what happens on screen without any real emotional attachment because the movie tried so hard for the first hour to get you not to like these people um this was written and directed by charles dorfman dorfman has never directed a film before he is a producer um he produced a, he produced the last daughter excuse me he also uh was an associate producer on the king's speech but if you're gonna go see a horror tinged british comedy go see all my friends hate me. Um, that is a substantially better movie than Barbarians. Um, Barbarians, not that good. I'm going to give Barbarians a D plus. Um, one of the most unlikable movies I've seen doing this project, honestly. I think a movie it could have been a lot better if the people in the movie just weren't so hateable. Not everyone needs to be an anti-hero. Not everyone needs to be flawed. Uh, I think sometimes modern movies can kind of overdo that. And I don't know if it's like the Don Draper, Walter White syndrome where we have to sort of hate these people too. We don't, it's, it's okay. You can dial that back a little bit. It's okay to like people we're watching on screen. Um, you know, there's a reason that dog made $60 million because that character was, you know, Channing Tatum is pretty fucking likable in that movie. I'm not saying every character has to be, you know, Car Kent, but you know, they can have some good qualities as opposed to just, a, you know, a barrage of negative ones. Um, Barbarians, just, just a really uh, weak piece of filmmaking. I said D plus for that. Uh, C plus for... The Contractor, I'll put it this way. If you're watching The Contractor before 11 o'clock at night and you haven't already had a couple drinks, you're doing The Contractor wrong. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday with Justin Jones talking about Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. I will talk to you folks then.